that don't know Kathy. <laughs> Kathy Anderson has been uh, a part of our um, ministry team here for uh, quite some time, particularly in children's ministry and women's ministry. For uh, it'd be well over ten years in both those. She actively is involved in the leadership of Fig Tree Women's Ministry on a Monday morning. Mm-hmm. I often open the green door to let you in. Yep. And uh, she's also been involved for over 10 years with our Gateway Ministry out, diligently teaching and serving our, our kids, biz, uh, our Gateway team, our grade prep. No? Prep, yeah, prep to grade five. Yep, prep to grade five. And she's done a fantastic job with that, so continue to be encouraging our leaders in those roles. She's also actively involved in a life group. She's been heavily involved in that for a vast number of years now. So I look forward to what Cathy is going to have to say to us this morning. Thanks, Cathy. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Um, I think Jeff has just stolen most of my introduction. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, so, raindrops on roses, whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles, warm woolen mittens, silver white winters that melt into spring. Come on, you know the rest of it. What's the next line? Awesome, thank you. Welcome, it's so good to be here um, on the very first Sunday of the new year. Um, and I hope you've been able to enjoy some downtime in this season and indulge in some of your favourite things as well, in moderation, of course. And as Jeff said, my name's Cathy, um, and he's given me, he, I think he's read out my bio pretty well. Um, I am normally out in the Gateway Crew, um, out in the Novo Centre looking after the primary school aged kids. So if you haven't seen me around in the last 20, know, 10 years, um, that's where I've been. Um, and yes, I do enjoy helping out in my Bible study group on a, on a Wednesday night um, and um, leading a Monday morning's Bible study group. I am much more used to smaller ages, smaller heights, and smaller numbers of people, so please forgive me for any nerves. Um, can we just, I just want to open in prayer again. Um, Lord, Father God in heaven, thank you that we can meet here today. God, as we spend this time together, may the words I am about to speak be honouring to you. May ears and hearts be ready to hear your words. Where I am weak, please show your strength. And may all glory and honour and praise be back to you. Amen. So when I was first asked to speak today, and I was informed the sermon series topic was favourites, my mind immediately went two places. The first was Sound of Music and Maria's favourite songs, her song, which is why I got you to sing it for me this morning. And the other was... Favourites. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Jeff resisted. I, <laughs> I brought them. Chocolates. Favourites. Um, um, yes, I went, Maria's favourite song, chocolates. So I've just recited a few of Maria's favourite things. And can you remember how her favourite things made her feel? You remember the rest of the song, don't you? She said, when the dog bites, when the bee stings, when I'm feeling sad... She simply remembered her favourite things and then she didn't feel so bad. So in other words, they gave her a sense of comfort. Um, She remembered the pleasure and enjoyment that they brought her and they improved her sense of well-being. So these things, pleasure, comfort, 
improved well-being, they're some of the reasons that researchers tell us that we favour one thing over another. Other factors that can come into play include a person's sense of identity and their belonging. That is, our favourite things um, can come to represent something of ourselves and where we fit into the world. Things also can become a favourite as a way of simplifying decisions. Just think about how you do your grocery shopping. Do you stand there um, pondering all the different choices of crushed tomatoes that are in there? There are hundreds, it feels like there's hundreds there. Or do you typically just go, yeah, there, that one, that's my favourite, that's the one I get. I know where that's on the shelf. So favourites are a way of simplifying our decision as well. What about you? I'm sure you've got some favourite things. What are some of your favourite things? Maybe clothes, a song, food or drink, a favourite book, TV show or a movie, a favourite place to go and unwind. What makes them your favourites? Is it because they invoke feelings of happiness or safety, control or calmness? Do they make you feel empowered or confident? And do they soothe you when you're feeling weary? Life certainly has its ups and its downs, and having favourite things to remember, to fall back on, to build us up, will almost certainly help us to feel that little bit better when the challenges do come. And for me, chocolate is one of my favourite all-rounders. Who doesn't love chocolate? So smooth and creamy and melts in the mouth. Now, we've all got our favourites of these, don't we? I reckon... I reckon most people would have one of these favourites. There's some that belong, some that don't belong. Mm. Them. That one, plain old dairy milk, that one has got to be my favourite. What have I got? Mm. Turkish Delight used to not be right up there, but I've grown to like that one. Oh. The ones that I don't like, the ones I don't think belong in there, it's not even in there. How awesome is that box? It doesn't even have my least favourite one in there. White chocolate. <laughs> I don't like white chocolate. Um, so chocolate is suitable for most occasions, wouldn't you agree? I feel like celebrating, chocolate. If I'm feeling stressed, chocolate. Sad, chocolate. Doing Bible study in our life group, most definitely chocolate. We usually have some form of chocolate there most times we meet. It really is the great all-rounder. But, of course, sadly, we're not here to talk today about the virtues or otherwise of chocolate. Today is the beginning of the summer series all about our favourite Bible verses. So get your mind off your favourite things. Take a moment and think, do you have a favourite verse? What is it? Why is it your favourite Just like with things, there could be a variety of reasons why any verse, chapter or book of the Bible could become a personal favourite. It might give you comfort at a particularly difficult time. It might help you make sense of a time of change. It may remind you of something good that God has done for you or for a particular time in your life like childhood when you become a follower. What verse would you choose as your favourite? So, after I'd sung my favourite things and imagined a huge box of chocolates, um, 
my mind obviously started whirling. What is my favourite verse? Why is it my favourite? Can I even narrow my choice down to one verse? The possibilities were endless. So, let me share with you what I came up with. The first favourite verse I thought of was Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Maybe up on the screen if I've got my tech organised. Yeah. Thank you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Now, when I learnt that, instead of saying submit, it was to acknowledge him. But that's the way translations go these days. So this is one of the first verses I learned as a young child. Perhaps for you, it was one of yours as well. It's an oldie but a goodie, as they say. I even made a cross-stitch of it, which I didn't bring in today. I thought I had too many props. <laughs> I really like it because it reminds me to put God first, that he is trustworthy, that he has a plan for me, that he does not set me up to fail. He says to trust him completely and he will sort out the rest. It also reminds me to seek first the kingdom of God and to cast all my anxieties on him because he cares for me. So the bottom line for this favourite verse was, it gives me a sense of comfort, a belonging. It tells me that God is trustworthy and cares for me. That's not the verse I'm talking to you about today. My second favourite verse I thought of was Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. Let me read that to you. The words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests at Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin. The word of the Lord came to him in the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, and through the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, down to the fifth month of the 11th year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, when the people of Jerusalem went into exile. Now, I'm pretty, I'm pretty safe to say that this verse is unlikely to rank as high as Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 on most people's scale of favourites. Would I be right? Yeah. But it's one of mine because it's the beginning of my favourite book of the Bible. A few years ago, I was inspired to read Jeremiah. And when I did a deep dive into what these three little verses described, this set me up to understand the whole book. To see God's love and his heartbreak over his people to see how this book and the history it describes fits into world history. Jeremiah was one of the last prophets speaking into the lives of the southern kingdom of Judah in the last 40 years of the kingdom just before Babylon conquered it, carried everyone into captivity. One of the things I found fascinating in the book was the mix of writing styles. There's narrative, there's poetry, there's prophecy, there are conversations between God and Jeremiah we get to read of Jeremiah's reactions and some of his biography. There's anger, there's tears. We get history, we get what's happening in their present day, and we get forward-looking into the future for future restoration and blessings and the promised Messiah. And I could go on and on and on about Jeremiah, but that's a story for another day. So a third favourite verse that I've considered was Psalm 8. Verse 3 to 4. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? 
And this verse goes hand in hand with my favourite hymn, How Great Thou Art. God is creator. He made every intricate thing. Have you ever thought about the way the ecosystem relies on each small component for it to function properly? It can't, do, it can't survive without every component working properly. The way the human body is made, the diversity of plants and animals. Oh, I am in awe of what God has done. God is awesome. He is creative. He delights in diversity. It is truly amazing how intricate creation is. And God is magnificent. From this verse, I think we are meant to look at what is created around us and go, wow, isn't God awesome? Then, wow, he even cares about little individual me amongst all of this. The bottom line, just wow. God is amazing, yet he loves me. He loves you. He loves all of us. So these three verses I considered, I thought about... I'm not going to spend spend a lot of time talking about all of them because I realised something. I realised that I love so many Bible verses. I don't have just one favourite verse. That my favourite verses are from all over the Bible. And that my favourite verses, they don't all follow one particular theme. There are some about who God is, what he does. There are some about creation in general. Some about the things I should do. And there are some that bring comfort and ones that inspire me or urge me to live more Christ-like. And I realise that while favourite verses are great to have, and sometimes we do need that special verse to turn to in a moment, if I, you, if we just focus on our favourite verses or passages, books of the Bible or even in one of the Testaments, the new or the old, we won't get to know the full picture that the Bible gives us. For example, if we concentrated on only knowing the New Testament, we may not fully understand all that Christ accomplished in his death and resurrection or the significance of it. If we only read Leviticus as our guidebook for how to approach God, we'd be stuck in legalities and rule-keeping rather than the freedom that grace through Christ's death and his resurrection give us. If we only ever read that God is love... We will find it hard to understand his anger at sin. We will find it hard to understand suffering. Not that they're easy to understand anyway, but um, if we have a distorted view of God, it's even harder. The Bible is not just a potpourri collection of pithy sayings designed to get us through our day. It is not a self-help book designed to make us feel better about ourselves. We are not the central character. God is. The Bible is a book about God and we need the whole Bible to understand and to know him better. And this is the realisation I came to which led me to recall this favourite verse that I want to share with you. And this is one we're going to spend a little bit of time to. So if you wanted to get out your devices, your Bibles, whatever, turn with me to Psalm 1, chapter 1, Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. We'll just focus on the first little bit. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Ah, there is so much in this verse that you could talk about. 
In fact, I listened to a seven-week podcast just on this psalm. A really good one. If you want to know about it, I'll talk to you later. Um, but I love the whole psalm. But we're just going to focus on that first little bit of it, the first three verses. And I, So I want to encourage you to go home and investigate and read it for yourselves, the whole lot. This psalm tells me that I shouldn't be picking my favourite bit, bits out. See? Shouldn't be picking out, I'm only going to be eating the twirls. I'm, not, I'm only going to be eating the picnic. This psalm tells me to embrace the whole Bible. All of them. All of it should be used. Let's go through these verses together. There are four words here I want you to focus on to start off with. So, blessed. Blessed conveys the idea of happiness and contentment. Happiness and contentment. Delight is a high degree of gratification and pleasure. Law of the Lord refers to not just the law bit of the Bible or the first five books of the Bible, but it refers to the whole book. And to meditate is to ponder on, to think on over and over, like a chow, like a cow chewing the cud. So to paraphrase this verse, happy and content is a person who doesn't hang out with the wicked sinners and scoffers, but their pleasure is in the word of God and they chew it over every day. And when my delight is in the word, when my delight is in the whole, this psalm tells me I am like a tree planted by streams of water. Get that? Planted. It's a deliberate placement, not a random coincidence. The streams of water conveys the idea that this tree or this person will have all it needs for sustaining life. And the water is the word of God. Jesus tells us in John 4, 13, that whoever drinks the water he gives will never thirst, that it will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And Peter also recognised this and said that he would not turn to anyone else because Jesus had the words of eternal life. Jesus gives us living water in his words and life, and I am blessed when I choose to plant myself right there in them. And to borrow more words from the psalmists, God's word is a lamp to our feet, a light for our paths. It revives the soul. It is trustworthy. It gives wisdom to the wise, the simple. It gives joy to the heart and light to the eyes. It endures forever, and it is more precious than much pure gold and sweeter than honey from the comb. And what happens when I deliberately plant myself next to these living waters? At the right time, I will yield fruit, according to this psalm. What is fruit? I think it could refer to two things. You've heard of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. So we will yield this fruit when we are planted in God's word. God will grow those fruit in us. But I also think it could mean that we are ready and to complete the good work that God would have us to do. We will bear that fruit of what he wants. Remember Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we are God's workmanship. God has created us to do good works in Christ Jesus. And he's prepared them in advance for us to do. So we, when we are ready and planted in God's word, we are going to be ready to complete that work. And I've got one final verse which is linked to this, which I want you to go home thinking about as well. 
Last verse is 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. This is another verse that I've had memorised ever since um, I was a child. It says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So as we leave here today, may this verse be the one ringing in your ears. All scripture is God-breathed and useful. Don't just keep your focus on your favourite bits or the easy bits of the Bible. You need the whole book. You need the whole book to know God better. Yes, even the boring bits or the confusing bits. Have you ever tried reading the Bible and you've come across passages like Genesis 10, which lists all the descendants of Shem, Ham and Japheth, you know, Noah's sons after the flood? Have you ever tried wading through the laws in Leviticus? And what about Daniel's visions in the second half of his book? Those certainly fall into the boring and bamboozling category for me. But if you take the time to slow down, to think about it, to meditate on them, there are treasures to be found. New insights into God, into his character or his dealings in the world, or how people interact with God. So how can we embrace the whole Bible? How can we make expand beyond our favourite verses? Well, reading, obviously, is the first step you need to do. You can read cover to cover, you can follow a reading plan, and if reading is not your thing, there are plenty of audio and videos out there that you can access and listen to, and plenty of free ones online as well. But reading is only the beginning. If you remember Psalm 1, what does the blessed man do? He chews on it, he meditates on it, he um, chews it over. So we need to actually meditate on it. We, this meditation is the way it gets from your head into your heart. And there are many, many ways to do this as well. But since we're talking favourites, my two favourite ways are to meet regularly with my life group. They are an awesome group of people. And we have been meeting, I think I've been involved within it for nearly 20 years. Um, some people have come and gone in that time, but it is a great group. And we take turns in leading the Bible study. We get different perspectives from everyone. Each person brings a different set of values and perspectives and learnings and insight and experience into their discussion. Plus, we get to eat chocolate as well. We've always got something to learn every time we meet. The second favourite way of getting God's Word into me is that I also complete a Bible reading plan with a few friends. We do this via an app, and at the end of each day, we get to tick off what we've read, and we've got the opportunity of sharing our thoughts, our questions, our insights, our prayers, and our answers with each other. Um, and completing this reading plan with friends helps me to stick with it, for one, and I learn so much from what they have to say as well. So don't just walk away after reading the Bible. Think on it. Find some way that works for you to meditate on it. And if you want a hand to get started on this, if you need some more um, guidance, seek out one of your friends, one of the leaders in the church. Someone will be there and be happy to give you some guidance in how to read and study God's word. So in the end, as you can tell, I was not really able to settle on one favourite verse to talk about, but instead of highlighted several of my favourites. I hope you've been able to catch a glimmer of the treasure that is in the Word of God and that you will be like the person described in someone. May your delight be in the whole law of the Lord.
may you meditate on it, becoming like trees planted by streams of water, yielding fruit at the right time. Don't just stick to the favourites or you're going to miss out on the violet crumbles, the Toblerones, and even the Kit Kats, so to speak, of course. Um, there is so much more in, this, in the Bible. And, um, yeah, Don't just focus on your favourites. So let's close up in prayer. Father God, thank you for giving us your word, the Bible, so that we may know you better. I pray for each and every person in this room today that they will develop or will deepen their own love for your word this year. Give us all a thirst to know you more, to draw closer to you, to dwell on it, that we may always turn to you. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you want to tell me your favourite verse after, maybe you can grab a chocolate too. (laughs) Thank you so much, Kathy. What a wonderful way to just bring something fresh to um, each and every one of us. And I I hope that that um, inspired you to really think through what are some things that God can um, bring to us about the word afresh in our lives. Let's stand and together just um, praise how great our amazing God is. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder Sings my soul. 